Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, Playmakers, what's going on? Hello, welcome back, everybody. We have a very exciting interview today, and we are not going to spoil anything. We're going to toss it on over to her to let her introduce herself. Hi, everyone. I'm Viviana Venters, the wife of Johnny Venters. He was a longtime Major League Baseball player, pitcher, reliever. We are now kind of retired. Well, I'm not retired. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> He's retired. I kind of have started my new venture in life and we're kind of on this new chapter together. So I'm excited to kind of tell you guys a little bit about my history in uh, Major League Baseball. It was a long kind of crazy journey, but I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're excited to have you. I feel like that you're the first person actually that we've talked to that is now retired baseball player. So that's oh, going to be, okay. I feel like that's going to be a really interesting topic to, t- to mm-hmm. kind of dive into later on to talk about, you know, the transition from playing yeah. to not playing. But first, let's back it up. Let's hear how y'all yep. met. Give us the story. Give us the rundown of how you met your husband. Okay, so we actually met in high school. I'm actually a year older than him. So I was his sister's like best friend and um, his, his um, dad and his grandfather used to coach us in basketball. So he was like always around Amory's little brother. And we just kind of started dating in high school. We dated for three years and then we broke up my senior year um, when I went off to college, I went to the University of Florida. That's where we grew up. So we broke up for about, oh my gosh, I'm like now having to go back. <laughs> it's been a hot minute, a couple years. And then we got back together my senior year. And then we got married right after I graduated in 2008. So we just celebrated, oh my gosh, if I can do my math, 14 years, I think it wow. is. Yeah, it it has like flown. I'm like, if you think about it, we were talking about it the other day, like we have literally been together for like half of our lives, like more than half of our lives because we were together. I mean, I remember taking him. Our birthdays are like eight days apart. And obviously I got my driver's license first. So I was like driving him around <laughs> like during high school and he couldn't drive yet. Like that's how long it's been. So we got married. I was working at the time. He was in the minor leagues. He was not like a super high draft pick. So he was in the minor leagues for a while. He was not, you know, one of these like ultimate, like super quick superstars. So I was working in Orlando and luckily he was with the Braves. So spring training and everything was out of Orlando. So it worked out like perfectly. But during the season, I would stay in Orlando and I would work and travel when I could on the weekends, whenever he was in town. So that was a struggle for a while. And I mean, at one point we were living, we were married, living at his parents, at his parents' house. And he's like, let's have kids. I'm like, we're living with your parents. Like, let's get our (laughs) life a little bit together. And then we can like, you know, so he made his debut in 2010. And at the time I was working for a commercial and um, architecture company doing interior design. 
we did like really boring stuff like courthouses and like you know <laughs> not fun glamorous fun things they actually had an office in Atlanta so I transferred to the Atlanta office and his full rookie year I would go to work during the day and I would drive down to it used to be you know Turner Field which is not anymore it's, they have a new field but drive down to Turner Field I would change in my car like from my business clothes put on <laughs> and then I would go to the games and then I would like leave right away because I'd have to get up super early and obviously the baseball you know the games lasted long so we did that his whole rookie year and then after his rookie year where we kind of felt like I could you know we wanted one full like season because he wasn't, you know, making millions, obviously, like right off the bat, he was making league minimum at the time, which it has gone up. So I, you know, quit working after his first full year, the Braves, and we tried to get pregnant right away because we had waited about five years after we got married. So we did not, you know, get pregnant right away. Like I said, he was in the minor leagues, I was working, it just was like, you know, it wasn't the right time. And then 2010 was his rookie year. 2011, he was an all-star, made it to the all-star game. I was pregnant at the time with our first Wyatt. The all-star games now, when I see like people like posting on Instagram and stuff, I'm like, they treat them like royalty. Like before, when, we, when I was there, obviously 2011. So what, like 12 years ago? Oh my God, I'm so old. You're not old. <laughs> it was like, you know, they had a couple makeup artists and stuff like that and some things set up, you know, in the hotel. But now, like, they, like, they'll dress you. They do, like, the full-on, like, red carpet, like, everything. So I'm like, dang, I, like, wish I had, you know, they get, like, swag bags. I mean, we got stuff like that, too, but it's not on the same level. I feel like now there's, it's so much more of, like, a high-profile thing mm-hmm. A major league baseball player's wife which at the time back then it was but it the culture is just so different now you know it's just you know not flashy but it's just more like I guess glamorous you know and it's not glamorous for everybody you know one of the questions I had read about what is like one of the biggest misconceptions is that it is that like Mm -hmm. everybody not everybody is making 20 million dollars like My husband was making league minimum at the time. And then when he signed his first contract, it was like a million or 2 million. I can't even remember. So yes, that's a ton of money like to normal people. But in the scheme of things, when you have somebody making like 200 million, 80 million, like 50 million, 75 million, it's like, that's like 70 times more than what, you know? And yeah, so at the end of the 2011 season, that was like our like highest high. He was an all-star, like new to the sport. Like just, he dominated. He had like an amazing ERA. Our first son was born that off season. From there, his next season was pretty good. I don't know. I know you guys might probably have like done some Googling, but he had a slew of injuries. Back-to-back Tommy Johns. He's actually had... Three, he's actually had three Tommy Johns and people oh are like, well, gosh. 
three and a half. And I'm like, well, technically it's not a half. So the fourth one was like a reattachment. But the last one, like right after we had our middle child, we bought like our dream home. We were like on this high. And then literally like a month after we moved in, he had to have like a, his another surgery. And we're like, oh. so he was out of major league baseball for six years. So wow. we had- out of major league baseball. So his contract with the Braves had ended. So he was like a free agent. He signed with Tampa to go down there. It was kind of like, we're going to have you come down and rehab. And maybe like, if it doesn't work out, you could help coach or do something like that. But he ended up rehabbing funny story when he was down there. It was when like Tim Tebow was making his debut I just say that because like everybody knows Tim Tebow. So I'm like, if I were to say he played like in Port Charlotte, they'd be like, where is that? And who? yeah. Yeah. So he literally had to come up through the entire minor league system all over again, single A, double A, triple A. And at the time we had the two kids. And then when he was rehabbing, I was like, Hey, I kind of want to have another. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Why we thought that would be a good idea. Like, I'm not sure. I don't know how detailed you want me to get into the conversation, (laughs) but I had an IUD in after, like, it's just all women listening to this, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I had an IUD in because we had our boys back to back 18 months apart. So that was like insanity. And, you know, what obviously you guys know, you know, you're pretty much home by yourself a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was like, well, I'm done. I can't do, you know, this is like too much. And then we're like, yeah, you're rehabbing and down and, you know, you don't have any job security. Let's try and have a third kid. (laughs) That's a really good idea. I got my IUD out two weeks later, pregnant. Oh my God. Like literally, (laughs) like literally like a week after I got my idea out, we tried, I got pregnant. Like it was, I'm like, okay, let's put that thing right back in. (laughs) (laughs) Let's put that thing right back in. So we got pregnant. We were pregnant with Evie. So she was born February 3rd and he was home for like a couple days. And I think about a week after she was born, he left for spring training down in Tampa and I didn't see him for two months. So I had like, yes. So I had all three by myself. I don't have a nanny. Like that's the other thing. Like not everybody has nannies and you know, so it was, it was crazy. So we, we would just visit. So she was born in 2018. That's when he made his second debut kind of come back. There's a lot in between there (laughs) in between, you know, all that, but 2018 is when he made his comeback with the Tampa Bay Rays. So he called me, obviously I was here because my kids were in school and he's like, I don't think you're going to be able to make it. Like they called me this morning. It was morning, like 9am. And I'm like, uh, like hell, I'm not going to make it. Watch me. I mean, I literally am in the car driving to get my kids. I'm calling the teachers. I'm picking them up. I'm getting them early from school. I'm driving. I'm booking flights. I'm like, shit, I'm going to make it. Like, are you kidding me? Like to make it once 
in the major leagues, I think I've looked at the statistics. It's like less than 1%. Mm-hmm. Make mm-hmm. it again. Like, and, awesome. and he wasn't in yeah. triple A. Like he literally guys single A, double A, triple A. He had to work his way all the way back. That's crazy. And it was in Baltimore and we, I booked all the tickets. I booked my in-laws and we all got on a freaking plane straight from the airport, like with our luggage out of the Uber running up to the um, Orioles stadium. And like, (laughs) it's misty, rainy. And we literally, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, like, how did you, I was like, I booked it and we, (laughs) we made it. And it was just the most emotional. I mean, it was like, everybody was just, even people that I had just met, like other players, parents were there and wives. And like, I would look over and people were like, they were tearing up. I mean, it was just such a, just to do it once and then to do it again. And he actually won comeback player of the year for the national league that year. That's crazy to me though, because I feel like most people would give up after one surgery, two surgery. I would give up. I'd be like, I'm done. I know. So we live where we live, like is outside of Atlanta in the suburbs and there's so many like professional athletes that live around us, like Jeff Francoeur, Brian McCann, like our kids all hang like yep. sports together. And when he was like doing that, I mean, Jeff Francoeur's daughter and our son at the time went to the same preschool. And he was like, I don't know how he did not give up like the amount of, I don't even know what the word is, but just to keep going and to not give up and to try, like, people are like, how did he? And I'm like, I don't know. It was like a blur. It just, it, it was just something you just did. Like, and I think for him, I mean, I can't speak for him, but I think the not trying and not knowing if you can't would have probably been worse for him than not try you know what I mean like did you guys ever have a conversation like maybe we shouldn't do this maybe you shouldn't go back no no there was never for me at least I never wanted to be like put that doubt in his mind like are you sure you want to still play like Mm -hmm. I think I just was kind of waiting for him to decide and you know he just it was like I'm going to rehab and I'm like, okay, you know, like you're going to throw. Yeah. Okay. Like I feel like as a significant other, my biggest thing throughout his whole entire career was like, I am, I can't make that decision for you. I can't even say like, I feel like you should quit. Or I feel like, even if I felt it at any time, cause I have like, I have been like, man, maybe he just get like a regular job. It would just would be so much easier. I have never said that to him. I feel like they need to make that decision for themselves because if they don't, like, I don't want him yeah. to hold that against me. Like, well, you wanted me to quit or you, you know, were putting pressure on me to get a regular job or you, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, because that can just build up. Yeah. And especially for men, like for me, you need to let a man be a man. Like you need to let your husband decide, make the decision. We're very old school in that sense. And I know I'm all about, listen, ladies, like I'm all about (laughs) like doing your own thing and girl boss and all that stuff. But for us, it has just worked I mean, for him to just make those decisions and Mm -hmm. I've left them up to him. And I have always said, 
I support you no matter what. If you decide tomorrow you want to, you know, drive Amazon trucks, I'm good with that. As long <laughs> as you're happy, because yeah. honestly, at the end of the day, if you're not happy and you're stressed and you're whatever, it doesn't matter if you're making $50 million, like you're not going to have a good quality of life. And for me, I'm like, if you feel like you need to try and you can say you've tried and you're done, then you're done. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that comes to mind when you were telling this entire journey is you seem very independent from just hearing you speak and very just settled in who you are. And I think one of the things to know when I was I was listening to you tell that story is just how many high highs and low lows there were in that because it was just like, okay, we made it to the top. Now we got to start back over and then we're climbing back up. So as your like your own being and your own mental health, how did that impact you? Because I'm sure you kept it together to support him, but there's like a whole nother half going on behind the scenes. So how was that for you? It was difficult. I just grew up like my mom was a single mom. My parents got divorced. Well, that's a whole nother. I say parent, my biological father and my mom got divorced when I was like two. So she was single. She didn't get remarried till I was in middle school. So I just was brought up like, it's not like, woe is me. You know, I had three kids like, yeah, I'm gonna cry. I mean, there has been plenty of times where I've literally like gone out on my porch and I just was like, oh, like crying my eyes out, but you have to just do it. And I think for him, there's so much like he already had however much pressure, like imagine the pressure that he has to support a family and to do all this. I wasn't working at the time. So all I had to do was make sure I keep my kids alive. (laughs) And so it wasn't that it wasn't difficult, but it's really hard to find people that understand the situation that you're in. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to live like normal lives. You have normal friends and whatever. But when the kids were little, like in the summertime, when everybody was like, having pool parties and all that stuff. Like we were gone with my husband. That was the most important thing for us. Like while our kids are young and we can take them out of school and we can be in another state for three months, we're going to do that because that's the most important thing at the end of the day, like is family. So I think that was a hard thing for me because I could not it just was a completely different world. And so, and when you play it's people from all over. So having like a core group of like somebody that I could go to, like, you know, my neighbor down the street, she's like, so confused. She's like, wait, are you guys going to move? Like, what's the situation? So it was hard because I didn't have anybody that was like in my exact situation until I met a couple like core girls in major league baseball, Nikki Medlin. She's like one of my best friends They live in Milton. Our husbands played together, but he had similar like injuries and she came from like really humble beginnings and the same kind of situation, like just down to earth. But I mean, I'm not saying that I was like this tough, like, oh, I didn't have, you know, like (laughs) I didn't break down. I did, but 
like life went on yeah you guys you guys definitely had like the teamwork aspect of it where you were like this is my job and I'm doing the best I can for our family in this aspect and he's doing the best he can for our family in that aspect I don't think anyone's gonna take it like (laughs) you're you're saying you didn't have feelings like you just you knew what you guys were doing and that was what worked best for you and your family at the time and I want to know actually what was harder having two babies close together or having an age gap because I feel like people are coming out and saying that it's easier to have kids back to back than when I was growing up everyone was like two or three years apart from their siblings I think you're right like I was looking back I would say the age gap because you're pretty much starting all over yeah and at that point like if I could turn back time I probably would have either had one more in between Walker and Evie because they're so he just turned 10 and she's five. So they're five years apart. Like that's like a huge gap. It was just hard because at that point when she was born, he was like just getting into like all-star baseball. And so like dragging her around everywhere. And which also was at the same time that my husband was playing because, you know, spring and summertime. So I mean, it was like a blur. People like, I'm looking back now, I I have friends and I was like, oh my gosh, we were like on the same team. I don't even remember, like we're good friends now, but our kids have, have been playing together for like six years. And I'm like, did I even like talk to you like six years ago after I had, <laughs> I had an infant, I had Walker who was four or three at the time. And then I had Wyatt. So like going traipsing around all the ballparks like by yeah. myself, I mean, my in-laws, I'll have to say, I'm going to say it on here because she's going to listen and I'm not just <laughs> saying this because she's listening. She has probably been like the best person in my life because she is so supportive. Oh, I'm going to get emotional. She's no, so supportive. Okay. They help out so much. Like that's a huge, like when yeah. you're not And even like, she even would support, like, you need to go, go travel, go like be with him, go like, she is very much like that. Um, So they would help out a lot. But I think having that gap is probably harder. At the time when I had boys back to back, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, this is a little crazy. But now it's good because, you know, they're older. Yeah. But it's like a blur. It literally like last however many years I was like brushing up on my timeline so that I could remember (laughs) talking to you guys. Like if you're like, well, what year? And I'm like, oh my gosh, has it been that long? I mean, (laughs) the other day when spring training started, I said, Jonathan, can you imagine like going off to spring training right now at the age where our kids are at? And I know there's people out there that are doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like have older kids Cause I met some and he's like, Oh my gosh, I would, I don't even know what I would do. Like he hated being gone. That's why he doesn't coach now because he's like, Mm -hmm. I was gone for so long. I can't keep like, I just want to do something else, you know, because people think, Oh, well, they're coaches. What you guys understand, like they're gone more than the players. Yeah. I think that's a big misconception. People it's are like, oh, the players are misconception. Like- they are there more than their players and they're getting paid less. Mm-hmm. So he's mm-hmm. like, if I'm going to be gone, I'm going to, I want to want to be getting paid. Yeah. Like, you yeah. Know, not that it's not big bucks, you know, yeah. I don't sound like, you know, a million dollars not, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he, yeah. so people are just like, are you going to coach? Or are you going to coach? And he's just, I don't want. 
he just wants to be home now. Yeah. Like, yeah. He doesn't want to go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame, I don't blame him one bit. I feel like there comes a point in your life where you're just like, I'm tired. Like I've been doing this. Uh, Brittany and I talk about it all the time. We're like, man, we feel so old. And it's like, we're barely, you know, 30. <laughs> so it's funny. I will say though, that with, with all that going on, I'm just so interested. And I've been, you know, waiting to ask this question with all the chaos going on. Um, you decided I'm going to start interior design. <laughs> so I want to know what idea popped into your head? Was it like a late night thought and you're like, this sounds great? Or how did that come about? So, I mean, he hasn't technically like given in his retirement, but he's retired. So when it was towards the end, so I mentioned the three, four Tommy Johns. Um, he actually, his last year, he had shoulder surgery also. So after that, he was starting to throw and he was like, I'm going to just throw and see how it feels. I'm not going to call anyone. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to tell anybody. I'm going to throw, see how it feels. And he's like, I'll let you know. And I kept being like, do you want to talk? And he's like, no, I'll let you know. I'll let you know. And I'm like, okay, I'm just going to drop it. If he, if he feels good and he wants, then, you know, whatever. So we were at our financial guy who is also like a longtime friend. He went to um, high school with us. We were at his house in Nashville. This is like a long story of getting to the point, but I feel like you need to hear it. I was at Publix with um, his wife and they called us and Casey's like on the phone and she's like, we have to go. Jonathan fell. He hurt his ankle. And I'm like, what? Like, and at this point I've heard He's been, he's had however many surgeries yeah. he's been. Hurt. So I'm like, okay, he hurt his ankle. Like, <laughs> another, you another know, thing. like, not, yeah, I'm like, he'll be, she's like, I don't think you understand. We got to go. I mean, she was panicking and I'm like, well, we got to pay for our girl. Like, let's just say, she's like, I'm going to get the car. I'm like, what in the world? So I get, I was like, let me pay. She was freaking out. And I'm like, okay, Casey, like, okay. So I get in the car. I'm like, what? She said, I don't think you understand. Brad said his bone is sticking out of his ankle. And I'm like, okay, well, shit is like getting real here. It has hit the fan. And so I pull up the ambulance is there. He's sitting on the freaking ground with the bone out of his ankle. And this is out like, he had been throwing and been feeling good and was actually going to try to play again, oh believe it or not. Yeah. And he fra compound fracture. This was like, right. I mean, I would say middle of COVID. I don't, I mean, things were open, but it was like when you couldn't go to the hospital, like all that. Yeah. And so like he went, I didn't go to the hospital. Like that was like the first time where, you know, that I had experienced that. Cause I had heard, you know, you know, you would hear everybody like your loved ones, you can't go visit them. I never thought that it would be like, he had to have surgery. Luckily, we had like a connection. They knew like this doctor and he, they let me visit. I couldn't stay, but they let me visit for like a minute. So anyways, that was kind of like the nail in the coffin. And it was kind of like, like to me, I don't say this to him, but to me, it was kind of like, okay, God was kind of like, you're done. Yeah. It, it's just like, I believe, I like totally believe in like signs. Like yeah. if God is like giving you a, like, this was like, maybe you should just not play anymore. I don't know. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, but, four shoulder um, surgeries would have cut me out anyway. So he's I know, much more right? resilient than me. <laughs> well, we didn't get that sign. So apparently <laughs> this was just like. God was like, all right, I've been trying to give you signs, but here we go. <laughs> like, I got to break your damn ankle to give you a sign. But maybe it was. I don't know. Maybe it wasn't. But, you know, it makes me feel better. Like, yeah. maybe that was just like. So at that time you know, I have my degree in interior design. I, you know, I, like I said, I worked at a commercial architecture firm and I actually had a friend, Jenny Reimold. I knew her through like a mutual friend. And I had been talking to one of my friends about like doing interior design and this and that. And I had been doing like fun things for friends, like, Hey, help me decorate, like nothing paid. Like I just would like help. And so She has like a huge following on Instagram. I don't know if you guys follow her, but she had kind of a similar background. Her husband had a huge injury that like ended his career and she started the whole Instagram. I hate to call it like influencer because I feel like I don't influence anybody. I feel like honestly, I'm like, they're like, you're an influencer. I'm like, I really hate that. I really, really hate that because I don't. I don't know. I'm like, Kim Kardashian's an influencer. I'm just like Viviana. I don't know. I reached out to her and I was like, hey, I'm thinking about like doing this whole thing and doing interior design on top of like, you know, air quotes, you can't see me like influencing, but like not really (laughs) influencing because I honestly like I love, I love doing it. Like Mm -hmm. I always have. So for me, like I just enjoy it and hoping, I hope like, when people are like, oh my gosh, I love whatever you inspired me. I, I genuinely, I, I hope I come across like, like that on Instagram. I try my hardest to feel like I genuinely try and share things that I like. I'm not just like going on there to like, you know, get like a free sofa. <laughs> but, and I talked to Jonathan and he was like, if I don't have to work, if I don't have to go back to work, you, you, you do your thing. (laughs) So that was like a huge thing for us was we just support each other. Like, that's like the biggest thing is he's like, awesome. That's what like, do it. And then I can just sit at home on the couch and not have, you know, I've been doing (laughs) this. I'm like, I don't want to, you know, so I just kind of started. I don't even know. Like I I'm still, it's been like a year, I would say, since I've like really done like the interior design thing. And I'm still like learning like what, what works and with clients and billing and like all that crap. But I just doing things on Instagram. And at first I was like, God, this is so dumb. Like doing, you know, like I'm just being honest. Yeah. Like like when I first started, I was like, this is the dumbest thing. Like no one's going to like I got like two likes. I'm spending like <laughs> time. This is so stupid. What am I doing? Girl, we feel you. We've, We've been there. Really feel you on that. We're like, it's oh, seriously. Yeah. It's like you spend so I'm, much time, and then like yeah. no one. Yeah, it's it's hard. But like you said earlier, I feel like to be in this industry, being a significant other, to you have to be independent. Like you can't you can't rely on your like. Not that you can't rely on him, but you know what I'm saying? Like you have to be 
independent and be able to do your thing because there's going to be times where you're going to have to do it by yourself. Yep. You're, you're, you think you have your life planned and then all of a sudden you get a phone call and it's like, you've been traded or whatever it is. So I think I just was like, I'm just going to do this. And you know what? Like I have the confidence to like, I, I try not let things bother me yeah. because at the end of the day, it's like, I know who I am and mm-hmm. like, I'm a good mom. I'm a good wife. Like I'm a good friend. I try to not let the whole Instagram, like social media. Yeah. yeah. And for my kids, I'm like, you don't get any social media. I can do it. But you don't get it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I'm, there's so much like mental health. They say, who was it that just, that was a famous celebrity that just quoted that her kids aren't allowed to use social media until they're able to provide her research based facts that social media is good for you it's not it's really not but I feel like for me because I'm older and self-image and all the confidence that it says that comes with that Mm -hmm. I'm secure enough to where I can handle it if someone like I get it I get you know I get DMs I get a lady and she's like it's no longer called master it's called primary suite I don't know if you heard and I'm like listen Karen move along I had literally you know you get messages or you get people like yeah you know you obviously don't have kids or you obviously don't have pets and I'm like just because I choose to take care of my home and not let my kids like ruin my shit I mean you know what I mean like so I don't let things bother me but like a 12 year old or yeah. a 13 year old girl or yeah, boy yeah. or whoever it is, they don't have the, they don't have that self identity yet and confidence and knowing that words do not matter. Yeah. Yeah. Like, to me, I try and tell my kids all the time, I'm like, they are just words. They're just words. Yeah. You know, yeah, they can be hurtful, but how you deal with it is how you choose to take, you know what I mean? Like, taking mm-hmm. it. You can choose to let those words like affect you or you can choose not to. And I have one child that is super confident and he lets things roll off his back. And I have one, Evie, Evie is kind of, you know, she's five, so it's hard. But then my other son, words are like daggers, like to the heart. I mean, he was, he's like, Wyatt said something about like he had doo-doo stains in his underwear. And, and I'm like laughing because it's funny. You know, not laughing because I'm obviously a mom. So I'm like, Wyatt, you know, that's not funny, whatever. But And my other son was just like, I mean, you would have thought. Like devastated. Devastated. (laughs) Shut up, you know. I'm like, do you have doo-doo stains in your underwear? He's like, no. And I'm like, so it doesn't matter. So for everyone that's listening, <laughs> this this is the moral of the podcast right here. <laughs> We're going to quote this. <laughs> you guys are probably like, why did we invite her? No, oh my God. like the worst <laughs> podcast. We're supposed to be no. talking about how to like navigate life as a significant no. other. And she's talking about, her kids talking about doo-doo stain. No, you're fine. We we absolutely love like the honesty and just mm-hmm. the humor. I mean, it is so entertaining. And I will say, Viviana, we, we asked this question and I'm like dying to hear your answer. We asked this question on every single one of our, our episodes. And if you can go back in time and tell your younger self something that you know now, what would you say? 
that everything's gonna be okay. Like things are gonna work out. I think when people get in situations in life and you're like, this is the worst thing, things are going bad. If you just keep going, like Mm -hmm. it's gonna, it's gonna work out. It may not be what you had planned. You know, it may not be what you envisioned your like perfect life was going to be, but it's going to be good in a different way. You know, like I think about sometimes when I, you know, I'm like, man, if he didn't have those injuries and he made $80 million, my, our life would probably look a lot different, but we're so happy with where we're at that I don't think we regret anything. And I, I mean, I can't say that for him, but Sometimes you're just in situations, you know, when you're like, gosh, how are we going to like make it through to the other side? Just keep going. You know, when you had asked about, you know, the highs and the lows, I think I just every, just everyday things that would just keep you busy. And before you know it, like you're past that. That's, Mm -hmm. that's a good reminder though, because I feel like when you're in the moment, it feels so big and so heavy and then just like you mentioned, you know, with your kids and stuff like that, how they feel so impacted by things that now as grown adults, we realize why were we ever worried about what other people thought or said about us or things like that. And I think it's the same thing when you are going through struggles or you're going through those lows, you feel that that weight on your chest. But once you get past that, you realize how small it really is and how you can. And I think another thing would be Stay true to yourself, no matter what, no matter what situation you find yourself in, your husband's making $80 million and you're in a new lifestyle where you feel like you need to be somebody else or you need to impress or like, oh, I have to wear this to the games because the other wives are going to like, think like, just Stay true to who you are, because honestly, at the end of the day, you're not going to be in that situation in that life forever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This entire episode has just been so refreshing, though, because we just we love you are very laid back and we absolutely love it. And it's to the point where it's just so many people can relate to you because it is not this glitz and glamour that people see probably on social media or whatever they decide to see. But we appreciate you coming on and sharing your story. And we're going to have to do a part two because I feel like we could talk to you for like 10 hours. Ask any questions because I talk too much. No, you're fine. No. (laughs) We love talking to you on the podcast. Seriously, you are awesome. And we'll definitely have to have part two so we can dive into more things. I'm down. I'm in for it. I'm in for it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again for coming on. And thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on More Than a Season Podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at More Than a Season Podcast or on TikTok at More Than a Season for the latest updates. If you have enjoyed this episode, please download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. See you next time. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.